Mamela, I can't wish anyone a happy Yomtiv. I want to be having any shyness. So let me give you some background and tell you what uh, what's batsam on my mind, you could say. So as <clears throat> some of you know, I recently became very interested in thinking a lot about about the Pasha of, of Eretz Yisrael. And um, the Indian of, of living in Eretz Yisrael, Indian slash mitzvah of living in Eretz Yisrael. And um, I, I wrote a sefer, which is here. These are my conclusions about the matter. And what happened from becoming passionate and excited about the idea of Eretz Yisrael, something very interesting happened which is that I started realizing how important it is to think about not only Torah, but also Mitzvahs. And I'll explain to you what I mean and why that happened. My conclusion, in short, in the Sefer, Hanigel and Yoneinu, one point that we have to understand, is that living in Eretz Yisrael, although the Rabban counts it as one of the Torah Mitzvahs, and the Ramban says, Chayiv kol yochid v'yochid lala yisrael t'sol leishibet t'sol. Maybe it doesn't say lala. It's more dik. But the Ramban says that it's obligatory. It's a matter of halach. Ramban is a das yochid. No other, none of the other money mitzvahs say that it's a chiv in the Torah to live in However. <coughs> However, what I've discovered through through thinking about the Indian is that even though it's not a chiv in a formal sense of, of a halacha, that the Torah is mitzvah, say kach, even though it's not a chiv in that sense, it's something that we should do. So, something that we should do is something that we must do, and I'm using the word must. Not in the halachic sense, but even in a non-halachic sense, there's things we must do, and morally, there's things we have to do. But the conclusion that I reached, and this is where we're getting to what's what's really on my mind, the conclusion that I reached is that if you understand the Torah properly, you see that this is something that is very important and very central to the Torah. And in that sense, it becomes something that we must do. There's various ways to say the same thing. We'll explore one of them this evening a little bit. But <clears throat> this is a very, very strong thing in my Sefer, Taylor Kalev. It's not, you know, okay, it's a wonderful thing to do. No. It's, for example, if the Gemara says that living in Eretz is going to free you from Avera, so you must do that. And again, I'm using the word must now, not like we usually use the word must when we're learning Taira, but like we use the word must and in every other context, we always talk about things, I have to do this, I must do this. When someone says, I have to make a living, or I have to I find a place to live, he's not talking about Torah, he's talking about Matthias. Is there a reason why we wouldn't formulate this in halachic terms? That's an interesting question. So, the reason that we wouldn't formulate it in halachic terms is because it's, it's complicated. Because it depends on your circumstances, and it depends on how much you understand it depends on how much it's going to work for you. 
So what happened with this Sefer is that I realized that while the Sefer reviews the, the Torah from the Torah's perspective, the conclusions are that there's a reality, there's a Matthias that drives action in, in this regard. What I mean by that is to be very clear. Typically when we talk about Torah, we, again, we talk about Vashtit. If something is a Chiv, if the Halacha demands something from us as a Halacha, then that's a halachic chiyuv. And then you have to figure out, well, you know, why do I listen to halacha? But I do listen to halacha. I don't I don't want to be in breach of halacha ever. I keep all halachas. I keep chiyuv. But besides for halacha, there's also metzias. In other words, being alive, with all being a human being, drives certain kinds of actions. Being a religious human being drives certain kinds of actions. Having certain beliefs drives certain actions. And those actions are not formal halacha, but the things that you are compelled internally to do. Compelled internally to do. But, now what, that's what I mean to say, now we're talking about metzias. This is a description of reality. So in other words, if I show you, if I show you that, you know, Torah doesn't say you have to live in Etzisor, but if you understand Torah correctly, we should live in Etzisor. Like the says. So how do you translate la'elam yadr? A person should. So what do you mean should? What does that mean that he should? What does it mean that he should if we're not talking about something that you're that you to do with that you're from? What it means is that there's a mitzvah that's compelling. And 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 what we have to think about, and this is really the next step where where the sapes taking me. What I have to think about is. Is the mitzvah really compelling? In other words, if I could show you in the Torah that it's all important to the Torah, but it still doesn't talk to me, what if I show you it's all essential to the Torah? So, Asher Alkein what? Asher Alkein, if it's all doesn't attract you, that means that, what does that mean? You don't believe in the Torah? No, I believe in the Torah. But this is just not doing anything for me. It's not interesting to me. For whatever reason. Some would say, oh, but 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 see, it's very important to the Torah. So therefore what? So therefore a guy should go, let's say, say, oh, so I'm going to live and move that to soul. And and by the way, um, this series is not about its soul. We'll soon see what the real, what I'm really want to explore with this series. But this is the impetus. I'm giving you the background. Let's say someone says, you know, you showed me that it's all so important to the Torah. Okay. So therefore, I'm, I'm moved to Etzel, even though I have no, I personally don't feel feel compelled to move there. So why is he going there? Because because otherwise he'll feel guilty that he's not doing something that's important to the Torah. If if Etzel doesn't draw him, then the Torah is not talking to him, or he doesn't understand the Torah fully, or he doesn't believe in the Torah. And which made me realize that. There's a whole new world of Torah that I sort of was oblivious to, which is the world of the Mitzvahs. When we talk about the Torah, so we talk about Allah Chiyuvi, that we know how to do. Another thing which I know, which I I know how to do, talk about the, the ideas of the Torah. <laughs> that that's not really worth anything. The ideas of the Torah. What are the ideas of the Torah worth? Well, the ideas of the Torah change the person and therefore they make him act a certain way okay 
But if there's an idea in the Torah that Eretz is very important because kach kach If that idea doesn't make a person act a certain way, then then he hasn't finished. He, he hasn't finished his Talmud Torah, and and it's really not worth much. Stam, nice Torahs. In other words, I can tell you the Torah's vision. Okay, but if there's no reality, the Torah's vision is that is that it should talk to us in reality. The Torah's vision is that the Torah should be a Torah's Chaim. I wrote in the Haida. We're looking for a Torah's Chaim. Let me Torah's Chaim. Torah and life have to have a seamless interaction. And and this is sort of autobiographical. Hey, I wrote the Sefer about Eretz Why don't I live in Eretz Yisrael? I'm saying there could be a million reasons. There are a million reasons. But the fact is that one of the things I've been struggling with after writing the Sefer is that all of the Hasagis in the Sefer are on a certain level of, of Seichel and I haven't reached a point that the Mitzvah talks to me. And what does it mean? Again, we'll be very clear. What does it mean the Mitzvah talks to you? Everyone knows what it means when the Mitzvah talks to you when, when you feel like you want to get married, you want to have a life, you want to have a job, you want to accomplish, you want a place to live, you want friends. That, that's... It's obvious. The broader messages of the Torah, until they talk to us in the same way, we haven't we haven't fully worked out what they are. Aren't there, just thinking back on my son's project, aren't there a lot of halakhas that 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 are yeah just to drive our messias to be good Jews? Let's say the the halakhas you have to get married at, at uh, I don't know twenty or whatever. Yeah. That doesn't say, you know, it's the same because the Jew, so it became halacha. I mean, well, it became halacha maybe. But yeah, no, same. but, um, but um, no, but the thing is like this. Certainly, there's something called halacha, and halacha doesn't just mean their rises. It means it means their abundance also. And um, so there are certain things that are chiyuvim, because the, the halacha has chiyuvim, the purpose of which is to guide us in a certain direction and to inform us in a certain way. Yes. Right. right. 100%. But here I'm talking about something which is not a formal fee. I mean, yeah, I encourage you to read the Sefer, and then I could, if I want, I could point out certain Prakim that I could add to see for the discussion. But you have to take now, I'll, I'll get a little bit more detail to tell so specifically. So, like, but, in some sense? Like, if you're approaching Allah with a certain attitude, or it's supposed to be included in that in some way? But it's not included in Allah. It's not included in halakha. In the approach to it. No, I mean, like, you could face halakha and look at it in different ways, right? You could try to organize it like Rambam did as a system or keep it loose like the Gemara did. But it's, I guess, inherent in, in the person's acceptance of halakha is relying on certain premises. And I'm wondering for Israel, if, if, I don't know if I'm understanding correctly, but if it's included in those premises. In the premises of what? Of, meaning I'm accepting halakha because of certain conditions right. or certain terms or a certain way that I see the world. So you're saying this is a background. This is pr prior to Allah. Is that what you're saying? I'm wondering. Yeah. Yeah, in a certain sense, it's more fundamental. I mean, the, the truth is, as part, of my, as part of my process of understanding it, so you come to understand that it's really not a guzmo, and Chazal say, that Israel is equal to culture and kuba. And that it's it cannot be... You cannot be over over stressed the fact that the call to Avram Avinu, what was the call? What did Hashem want to tell Avram? To go to Eretz Yisrael, and everything else follows from there. So, the centrality of Eretz Yisrael, the primacy, and the fact that all Torah is downstream from Eretz Yisrael is not is mamish is a reality. Why is that the case? It's a crazy thing. Why should the whole Torah be downstream from the strip of land? It's, we're not going to go into that for now. 
Um, but that's the truth. So yes, in a certain sense, it's 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 prior to Kotel. Yes, but still, despite that, he doesn't speak to us as halacha does, as in go do something. Therefore, it speaks to us as something that's the bedrock of Kotel Kula. But again, it's nice to say this is a bedrock. But if that's not speaking to you, you're stuck. Why? Because let's say you recognize al Piseichel that this is a, a central, this is the bedrock of Kotel. So, so, so you say, oh, so I'm going to go live there. But it's not. It's a bedrock of Kotel Kula, meaning that if you understand Kotel Kula, you're going to want to live there. So there's a third aspect in the Torah Eretz and, and anything that's similar to that, which is that, where's the Metzius? How come the Metzius is not talking to you about this thing? So he's saying it's like a catch-22. It's a catch-22. But, so if you're not involved in that catch-22, where does it fall in your priority list? You have to wait till you fall in your list? Like, <coughs> no, so the priority list is, the is you came circle. to the Shia tonight. No, the priority list is Tamil Torah. See, that's why Tamil Torah is very, very important. No, 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 I'm serious. It's, not, it's a very big deal. The Torah's the priority list is learn Torah and do it. Seder, you know, you could start say it's possible that the Seder Alimudim is is there to answer your question. Mikra, Mishnah, and Talmud, I don't know. Maybe the order of Chumash. I don't know, everyone looks for orders of Chumash. Maybe it's like, you know, okay, so we get up to here. Here's we should learn first. I don't know. There's no, in other words, you're supposed to do your mitzvahs, Talmud, Torah, and let's see what happens. And there's no, you're talking about coming from ignorance. Coming from ignorance, the answer, the solution to ignorance is Torah, is learning. Talk about the Iker focus, the way we describe this, the, the, the series in the 
Can I throw in a notification? What's this when you say this? No, I'm saying this this concept that we have real that's here, but but we're not. It's a, it's, a, it's a critical need, but we're just. Uh, yeah, that's interesting. No, because because this is no because that's something that really should be a halacha, but a halacha has a chiyev, but but it can't be. Why are tzitzos not a chiyev? Interesting question. I, I don't I don't know the answer. You're suggesting a reason, but I don't think that's the reason. Maybe it's, it's you're saying a similar you're saying what you're saying goes together with what Shmuley was saying, that um, this is fundamental to the before what Shmuley was saying. This is prior to the Torah. So perhaps it's not a chiyuv because, and, and I say this by the way, I started as a shtickle anti-tzivay because what most people automatically assume, <laughs> they don't they assume you have an agenda, you should be coming with this. I started as a shtickle anti-tzivay, and I reached a point where it's borrowed and and the question in my mind that it's true that if you don't understand it, so if it's unimportant to you, you're, you're you don't have a shleimus in Yiddishkeit much more than not having a shleimus in Yiddishkeit. You take it, don't get the whole picture. Again, that has to be explained. And, then we, and you can look at my say, we can talk about that. I don't want to focus on that point. But yes, yeah, so therefore it's possible that, that you know, is there a chiv to listen to the whole Torah as a mitzvah kailalas, whatever. Say it there. Once you, once you read the Torah, Torah tells you to listen to the Torah. But it, it might be just, uh, it might be just what the, what, what, if you're not buying into the Torah, then the Torah can't tell you to live there, you know. It, it may be. I don't know. What would be, be similar to the Torah not telling you anything about ownership, but having to have rules about ownership? It doesn't tell you, oh, there's ownership. It just says rules about ownership. It's assuming that it's you already accept the fact that it's ownership. So yeah, it's yeah, it might be. You should live in the land, because yeah. where else do you live? Not, that, that's not why, though. You see, if it's that, then, you know. I think there's another aspect, too, but it's at least because in some ways. Yeah, yeah it's, it could be. It could be. It could be. I would frame it as the Torah is assuming you're the descent of Abraham, who's continued the Abrahamic mission, which is Lech Lecholat that's what it is. And if you're not interested in that, fine, you're not interested in that. So you're basically not part of the, you're not doing the, you're not doing the Marosh of Avram. You're not continuing Avram's mission. The story of the Torah for, for to draw it out from the beginning to, I guess, all the way to the end is, is, is a story about leaving Mitzrayim and yeah. not going to Israel, right? <laughs> it's a story. It's it as much, it as, much as it's a drama. It's a drama of, so the first book is about the drama of getting to Mitzrayim. And, and from then on, it's about, you know, getting out of Mitzrayim to Israel, right? And even the first, even Barish is, is, is uh, the metach between Israel and Mitzrayim. There's a rov, Mitzrayim. Oh, Yaakov's afraid to go to Mitzrayim. Yitzhak won't go to Mitzrayim. It's, it's a bit, that's what it's about. That's what it's about. I, I don't want to go into this too much because I want to get, because we can't. No, because we can't. I mean, that's not, there's so much background to talk about, but I hope to be, I think we can, this will be sufficient to get to the point. Yeah, go ahead. It's a point that it's sort of like someone trying to, if you don't appreciate wine, like someone's trying to explain to you why wine is very expensive, and, yeah. but practically you're going to spit it out, basically. Yeah, so, right, so that's the question. Shalom Aleichem. So that's the question. I mean, the question is so, so, exactly, it's a great analogy. If the Torah would, would tell us that wine is, 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 is wonderful. Okay, so I learned the Torah. Torah says wine is wonderful, so I'm gonna go drink the wine. But it's not wonderful. But it's but I don't like it. So what's it to do? So what's it to do, right? So well, you have to ask yourself, well, why do you want to be a Torah Jew? And if you have good reason for that, and the Torah says wine is wonderful, then you have to then you have a certain diff- new kind of work to do. It's not the usual work where you do. 
it's a more of a nafshistika work, it's more of a pneumistika work of, of figuring out where am my, where's my soul, my being, my personality, not in line with the Torah. And is there anything, why is there this, this dissonance between the Torah and me? The Torah is talking to me, right? So what are your choices? Either you say, there's a three choice, a couple of choices. Either you become a kaifer in the Torah, or you say the Torah is not for now, and one day Mashiach is going to come, and then we'll appreciate wine or something like that, you know? Um, or you're just living in, uh, with this dissonance that, uh, right, can't nothing do about it. Or you figure it out, or you, or you, or you say no. There's some, there's some that I have to do, that I can do, because if you believe in the Torah, and you believe in the Torah is talking to you now. So then, those choices are not acceptable choices. Then, again, there's a theory to say, and people say this, and this is something I want to explore. See, people say the Torah is not talking to us today. Meaning, you're going to read the Torah and say that's all very important. Say that you're reading a Torah from Torah was given in a, in a, to a different Matthias. Now there's a Matthias of Galus. And there are reasons why it still doesn't talk to us, and that's the way it's supposed to be. And that's a simon that it's not the case. It's not time to go back to soul. And this is something that's very, very serious, extremely serious. And I want you to know that I, I don't know what the answer is. I don't know where this is going. I don't know what the conclusions are going to be. And I'm willing, I'm open to that idea. That maybe if you see something as being important to the Torah, this is an extremely important point. If something's very important to the Torah, but you have no way for it to talk to you. Let's say there really is no way. So that tells you something. It tells you that the Torah is in uh, is in abeyance. It's being temporarily suspended. Maybe the Torah is a vision that we're supposed to preserve for some time when it's going to be meaningful. I personally don't think that's that's acceptable because I personally think, due to my amuna, that if the, if you could discover something powerful in the Torah. That means it's time for it to be, to be Meishach here. And if you discover something powerful and it's not Meishach here, then there's work to do. I, I personally am not to say that that's not, a, that's, not, that's not a solution. You can't say that, yes, you discovered something that's very, very fundamental to the Torah. But, poor you, you're living with an idea that time hasn't come yet. Due to my a priori assumption of Amunah and which I'm willing to question, I think that at least... Once the idea is discovered, a powerful idea is discovered in the Torah, that means that the, that the powerful idea has application. Has application. And therefore, if, and again, what is the powerful idea of the Torah? It's not a halach, it's not a chiv. It's a powerful idea that there is something out there that should draw you, and here's why it should draw you. And if it's not drawing you, then that means there's something that still works. I don't, I don't, I personally don't think that that's, a, that's an acceptable answer to say it's not the time for it yet. Because then, then, then God's doing a cool trick on us. On me. He made me discover this, this, this thing, which now I can't stop thinking about. It's like if you're the Levi, sort of had the same problem. I mean, but, uh, and, and if you're the Levi, called on the Yid to go to Etzo, but if you're the Levi, said, Levi, if you understand what, what attention that is to live like that, his heart's in the east, his heart's in one place, he's in another place. So he taka basically in his kuzri, the safer kuzri, he basically said, well, he didn't have to go. You can't actually live in a way that that that, that doesn't mean you should do something about it. You can't actually have ideas that doesn't mean that you should do something. 
No. No. So that's exactly my point. This is not about doing something. This is about figuring out whether what the Torah is presenting does talk to us, and if not, why not? And what does that say? Those are the two options. You see? So this is I'm gonna give a specific. I want to get a little more. Yeah, go, go ahead. Go ahead. I'm gonna do something a little different, right? Oh, sorry. You, uh, so, so this is about the Torah's worldview in general, meaning it's exactly. not about mitzvahs. It's about the worldview of the Torah right. and how to make our worldview correspond with the Torah's. Right. The Torah's worldview, which we're going to talk about very soon, a very specific aspect of it, and there's a few different applications of that. The Torah has a general worldview, which in the in the description of this year we can call that the world of particularism. The Torah talks to a certain am. It has a very specific history that they're very close to. Grandparents were Avram Yitzhak not so far away, and they experienced Yitzhak Mitzrayim not so long ago, and they have a certain Oretz that they're supposed to go to. Naturally, they need an Oretz. And that Oretz is a continuation of the the, the Gula from Mitzrayim, brings them to that Oretz. There's a certain picture that the Torah has of the world which speaks to a particular nation in a particular way, and there are various aspects or ways to approach to, to look at the fact that today the Mitzis is different. And what the Torah wants from Achas Ayom is very different from what called, let's say, Tchilas Ayom looks like. And therefore, there's, there's, there seems to be this gap between the Torah's worldview and how we think. And I want to know what to make of that. Before we go, I'm going to get to that problem. Yes, I, mean, I guess that to me is kind of like the... the the question of respond, like how to respond, I guess, to a tyrant on one hand and an environment that doesn't seem well suited to it. Yeah. I mean, in the past, certain approaches were to, I guess, to read the tyrant in that new environment and, and try to apply new concepts for the tyrant, I guess. Yeah. You know, go into like Rambam, you know, is very convinced that, that the tyrant is saying most of the same things that Aristotle is saying. But the, you know, if Aristotle is true and the Torah is true, then they have to be saying the same thing. Right. Um, and that's not a case where he's not that's trying to like put himself in the Torah's eyes. He's trying to examine the universals, mm -hmm. right? What exists in the world and say that the Torah is saying the same thing as what's in the world, or it's not true. So it has to be saying what I've observed. Right. Good. Good. So that's that, that's that's is that, that, is that an alternative to the former three approaches of either changing, you know. Uh, Changing, you know, you change. No, you're bridging the gap. You're bridging the gap. So if we could, right? You're bridging. You're finding a way to bridge the gap. Right, but not. But I want to talk about how. Tyra's lens by conforming the Tyra to yours, I guess. I see. Okay, fine. Um, well, I'm definitely not a believer. Let me this year. Mm -hmm. Okay, of that, of that uh, approach. Okay. I'm definitely not accepting that approach the way you described it. Not let, the best description. But yeah, yeah. It's not the best description. Let, let's see that as a question mark. When we'll see when the questions become more clear. Let's see what we could. How we can apply them. I want. I want to state the question. So I'm going to get more to, to the general issue here that the shi is about. But I want to state the, the, the general question in one way, in a certain way. <clears throat> Here's one way to ask the question. There's a medrash which the mitzvah on the Bible quote from the Gemara. It says, "Asida The whole world is eventually going to become kodesh b'kedushas Okay. The whole world. And then it says, and, and Yushalayim is going to mispashe to the whole Eretz. So, parenthetically, that tells you something very important about the concept of Eretz. So, 
meaning that it's in, in its perfected form, its ideal form, it's not about one piece of land having Kedusha. But it's about land in general. Whatever the Kedusha of soil is, in its ideal form, is about land in general. And anyone who's who has a, a certain kind of reaction, you know, people have Chavius at soul, beautiful. But anyone who's Chavius at soul doesn't allow them to also understand that that same Kedusha is going to be here one day. It's a simon that they don't understand the Kedusha at soul, to some extent. The question is like as follows. There's definitely what to talk about in that regard. But that's the question. The question is like this. If the Torah's vision of Seif HaYomim is that the whole world should, should get the Kedusha, and then we have, let's say, the Ramah Menuch Zbalach. The name is Ramah Menuch Zbalach. It says that the Islamic Christianity succeeded in having Miyashim Ederech before Mashiach because it's spreading the Torah messages to the whole world and eventually Mashiach is going to come and, and complete that teaching. So say that the, the, the ultimate goal of the Torah is that the whole world should serve Hashem. And the Siddur says, why is the whole head soul going to get Kedusha's head soul? Because Mashiach is going to be Kaim Shalom. I mean, tech, in a technical sense, Kedusha's in Kaim Shalom. Why? Because look at the Ramadan's Trumas. Uh, if a king, after he captures the soul, if he goes and he captures the Aratas, they take Kedusha's soul. So that's the ultimate goal of the Torah, is that, is that the whole world should have Kedusha. The whole, all the Amin should serve Hashem. So then, so then why should we go back to Eretz Yisrael? I mean, the direction of history is going towards universalism. Torah's model, Torah's model meaning you learn Torah Shabbat and Torah Shabbat Peh. Nothing's changed. Torah hasn't changed. Accepting the conclusions as I do, as I have, that that it's no question about it that the Torah teaches that it's Israel. It teaches this, the importance of me and you and us moving to Israel, assuming that it's And if someone is not knowing that way, Lamaisa, either he's a Torah for or he hasn't learned the Torah well, or we have a third option that he learned it well, but it's just not talking to him. So why is he not talking to him? What's going on? Meaning, part of why it's not talking to him is because the Metzius of history, you could say this in many ways, is tending towards universalism. We'll get to the various ways you can approach the question. I mean, the particularism of Klai Yisrael in their Ab has changed. Something has changed in history. In the Metzius. In various ways. But the change in it, but the Torah still seems to be, you look at the Torah, still seems to be saying one thing, suited for a different world. And the question is, what to make of that? Of that bridge. So I want, I want to give I want to give you a marshal for this, and, and this hopefully will explain a little better, a little more specific. And this is something I do in the Sefer. I talk about this. Yudah Levi and Ibrak of Emden were in his footsteps. Makes a big deal about basing the Etzisol and Tefillah. Make a very big deal out of it. Yudah Levi in the Kuzri, the king says to the Chaver, you know, you base Etzisol and Tefillah. So you're treating Etzisol as you base Chayenu as the center of your of your life, and yet, if you Chayesol doesn't go back to Etzisol, so that means you're hypocritical. It means you don't really mean it. You don't really mean it. What don't you really mean? You don't really mean 
when you face Eretz Yisrael, you turn towards Yerushalayim and Tefillah, you're a hypocrite. And Yudah Levi says, you're right, you got us, this is the big problem with Kai, so we're hypocritical because we talk about Eretz Yisrael like, like, like parrots. We don't really mean what we say. We say it's, we call it Beis Chayenu, we face it, and we're not acting on it. And if Yaakov ended in the Akdama to his Siddur, says the following. He talks about facing Yerushalayim and Tefillah. And he says, you have to know, that turning to Yerushalayim and Tefillah is not going to work. It's not going to work. It's largely tell Unless a person's an Oynes Gomer on Gomer. So he's saying a technical thing. And then he goes, my Reich about everyone should go to Eretz Which is coming from the Buddha later. So, so, so Yaakov says a technical thing. Here you're turning towards Yerushalayim and Tefillah, which is one of the Tanoya Tefillah. It's one of the things that makes Tefillah work. It's turning to Yerushalayim. You should know it's not going to work unless you really want to be there. That's, that's the technical thing he says. Now let's understand the longest of that. What he's saying is that facing Yerushalayim and Tefillah is not a, a magic trick. It's when you turn towards Eretz Yisrael and Tefillah, what you're saying is that's where you are spiritually. In other words, the whole Mitzvah of Eretz Yisrael, the history of Eretz Yisrael, our, our, our memory of Eretz Yisrael and what we have there is what anchors my Tefillah mode, my Tefillah thinking. My relationship to Hashem that's going to be expressed in Tefillah is mediated and defined by the fact that that's where I want to be. And that's integral to the to, to Tefillah. It's integral to Tefillah. The, the way Tefillah works, part of how what makes Tefillah works is that we connect ourselves mentally to the legacy of Eretz Yisrael, of our past through Eretz Yisrael, through Hashem HaShchim, let's even say through Hashem HaShchim. If you face there, but you but the facing there means nothing to you, then you're just not facing there. You might as well turn the other way. You might as well proverb. You might as well metaphorically turn your back to Eretz Yisrael. You might as well physically, literally turn your back to Eretz Yisrael if you're metaphorically turning your back to Eretz Yisrael. It's not just a it's not just a trick. It's a way that it's something that reflects where you want to be for your Amid Lefnei Hashem and how you see your Amid Lefnei Hashem. So again, so a guy's going to read the Biak event and, and get a big, and read my safe and get a big guilt trip that all his feels don't work. <laughs> right? Let tell you. So he so, so should go to that soul so he shouldn't feel guilty. That's not, that's, not what, that's not what this is about. What this is about is, what's the Biak event doing? He's telling you that, you know, you should go to that soul because otherwise it feels not going to work. <laughs> say, okay, so what should I do? What should I do when it feels don't work? He's telling you that you're not really a full yid if you're not running against Yisrael. He's proving to you, he's proving to you, you think that Yisrael is whatever, some some alayim in the future or whatever, worry about it later. You don't have that three times a day, the meaning of what you're doing, the meaning, the, the, the thought of what you're doing, is being mishtoikik for Yisrael. It's commanding to Yisrael. Okay, but what if that's not the meaning of what I'm doing? So I'm not a full year. What can I do about that? Not clear. I have a lot of work to do. If that doesn't talk to me, the work I have to do is figure out where am I and where's the Torah and why is that not talking to me? And that's that's the Nakuda that I'm post doing the Sefer. And that's what I started with. I said the Sefer ends up telling us that we actually have to understand the mitzvahs better. When I say mitzvahs, I mean the mitzvahs of what do we care about? What about our history and or our future 
talks to us. Is it talking to us in the right way? Is it not? When a person is compelled to do something, the guy who went to it's, I mean, it's, it's a joke to write a book about this person in a certain way. It's a joke to write a book that says if you turn to Eretz Yisrael and Tefillah, you should go to Eretz Yisrael. Marashah. <laughs> if you talk a mean it, so you're going to, you're going to Eretz Yisrael. You went, you, the guy who's turning to Eretz Yisrael and Tefillah in the right way, because he understands what it is, so he's going away. And the guy who's, who turns to Eretz Yisrael and Tefillah is still not going to Eretz Yisrael, so what, what's your mitzvah? Tell him he's a hypocrite? Stop. What do you gain from that? Right? This is the problem. And that's what I'm realizing. That's what I want, I want to try to see. But where is the where, where is that where is that you know where is that problem? And by the way, it's not because oh, I saw yeah, we're better, we all want to go, but uh, but the chreis, you know, not so easy to have such a beautiful porch. <laughs> you I was going to say, I just did this porch. No, 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 no. Okay, you have, have, have a nephew who make you a nice porch. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, you know, that's also true. That's also true. That yeah, it would be easy to go, but. But again, if the Torah is talking to us, if the Torah's message, if we turn to that soul and tefillah, despite all that, that means it's fun, there's supposed to be something that's pulling us. And if there's nothing that's pulling us in these circumstances, then well, you know there's some etzias that we have to explore. Some fact we have to explore. There has to be a product, Kitzer. Could this fact be that the Kitzer is a product. What's the product? What's there to sell? That's what I'm trying to figure out. Is there anything to sell? Things in the Torah which are not chiyuvim are, are draw people because it's a, it's a sale. It's a, you're off, the Torah is offering something. Either the Torah is telling you what to do or the Torah is offering something. And to tell me, okay, so I discovered the Torah is offering something, but Lamaisa, it's not interesting to you. So the Torah is not offering something. So what's going on? So what's going on? The Torah stopped offering something? Or is there something we have to learn? We have to figure out why is this not an offer? Why is it not compelling? What are you going to say? Yeah, I'm saying, but could it be that whatever Eric Yisrael, I guess, to say that it's it's Kedushas and it's Basha, it's a Kala Aratzis? I don't know if I'm, I'm yeah. just going too far. No, but meaning, uh, we maybe, in, in in maybe a former set of circumstances, the Torah was applicable, let's say, under, only in a specific land, but changes in circumstances. And obviously, then the work would be figuring out what that change in circumstances right. was, yeah. would make it applicable everywhere. Yeah, 100%. Look, there are people that say, Samarov says that... Since I see that source we have a role. It comes earlier because of the Himmelch. We have a role in um, purifying the whole world, in, in preparing the whole world for that. And you know the fact that we're in there's three stages, right? That's soul, and we are world in our soul. There's lots of love when the whole world is in soul, and then it's in between when we're in gulfs. So he says, yeah, we're 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 part of that process. The pro- us being in gulfs culminates. In the whole world, attaining conditions as well. So answer, you obviously, that it, only, that it means us going back to Eretz Yisrael and not bringing it here. I don't know why. No, right. That, right? Why is that the case? The fact is, if if there's a process and the process is tending towards universalism, as we saw with Amos Tzlach and all these Midrashim, and part of that is Kaisal being in Galos, and that's what spreads the Torah to the world. So then, what is the Torah's model of Eretz Yisrael? Why are we facing Eretz Yisrael and Tefillah? I mean, that's the tension. That's exactly the tension. You could say that let's stop doing that. Say that. But I don't believe that's the answer. How are you to spread to the rest of the world if you can't really understand the, 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 the real relationship between Hashem? And obviously, okay, so then we have. And that's rooted in, in, in the, the Arabs. Okay, so, so you have yeah. to go back to the Arabs to 
first solidify your relationship with Hashem before. Okay, so, so that could be. So that could be. In other words. Okay, but then we have this funny tension. Which is bouncing back and forth. Which is bouncing back and forth. We go to Israel. Right, no, it's like we go to Israel, we learn about Hashem, whatever, and then we go to Golis and teach to everyone else, but then we have to go back again. See the problem? It's not supposed to go on forever, right? The model is everyone knows we're going to go back to Israel, we're going to stay there. That's what everyone says. So let's assume that we're going back for good. I'm talking about I'm talking about the Achazim, I'm talking about Mashiach, right? So we're supposed to go back for good. But what's that? Don't the Nabiim seem to think that if you're good enough, then they'll come to you? Who will come to you? The rest of the world. Yeah, 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 okay, but Hagufu, yeah, but the point is, the point is, yeah, but the point is, if if the fact is that we're, we're well, what do we need them to come to us? Meaning, if, if we're going to teach everyone, what do we need them to come to us? Right, but then you're cutting out Gullus. No, the problem is then you're cutting out Gullus. If Gullus is part of the process, which it is, that can be shown. We'll talk about that specifically how. Then, hey, how could Gullus be part of the process, and at the same time we read a Torah that says be an This is a, this is a, this a, this a tension. To, to, to already start with the Gullus, right? And which introduces the idea of which was, which was the point, right? The Gerim, right? The spread, and then come back and continue that, that process. Yeah. Well, so what's the coming back about? That's the question. That's the question. Because it has to about? end with, with this, this, this relationship with Hashem. Why? Why? The whole world is going to come. It's, it's, it's to understand the Kamesh Ma'amal arts, right? Okay, so, good. so so that's the question. I mean, so the really, really, right. Well, so we have to get into... The line in the first place, yeah, exactly. have that relationship. No, 100%. We can't, of course, we're talking very generally here. And really, in order to answer any of these questions, at some point, we hope to do this, we have to get into what the function of Ancestral is. And in what way, I mean, this is the core point of it, what way does it have a function even in a world that's post gallows or post-universalistic or these various ways to say it? How do, what's the function of Eitz as a particular world and what's, and what's the surah of the Torah? How does it apply in the same way but different or in a different way but somehow still the same? Again, I, I, excuse me if I'm being very general. We're going to get more into the, into the weeds of the shine. Okay, we'll soon present in a few ways. Nice like this. Let's say you're talking about. Here's another another way of thinking about it. So I'm, I'm learning all about the Google today. So learning about ourselves, learning about the Google. It's Edsel is Google. So what's the point of learning about the Google? What's the point? So again, write a safer. Here's what the Google looks like. Okay, very nice. Great. Why is why is that interesting to know what the Google looks like? Why is it interesting to know what the Google looks like? So I can think of a few reasons. I can say, well. It's nice to be able to predict the future. Okay, that's true. Fine. <clears throat> more importantly, more importantly, I mean, what's in it for me? What, what, what do I learn about the Gula? Yeah, I'll talk, teach you what the Gula, what Hashem's plan is for humanity and how it's going to play out. Because it's nice to know the future. It's also nice to, to know what to do. Right? The pr- purpose of prophesying history, I'm a big believer in this. That if you could be a, a prophet of history, and an expert, someone who has a real explanation of history, then then you could know you could know what what's going to work and what your role is. By the way, this is the first bracha Shmanesi. First bracha Shmanesi is basically setting up. Hashem is like, yeah, Avraham is Yaakov. That's once upon a time. And Zerichah Chastiyavis that has a continuation till maybe Goyelov Nevi Nehem. That's your theory of of history right there. <clears throat> that there's a connection between Hashem and the Avis. 
and that continues and eventually will be realized in full. And we really have Kavona in that, everything else follows from that. That's going to be an essay because everything else, everything else is male. Once you understand history in a certain way, male, Hashem has to give das, So it's very nice to be able to understand the, the, the Ula, as in where history is supposed to be going, so you should know what to do. But here, and here's another point, but maybe even much more important point, which is that even if you don't know what to do, even if you can't figure out where you, what you should do, by understanding Geula, by giving a model to Geula, that's how Geula is going to happen. What I mean to say like this, let's say I'll, I'll, I'll write a safer and we'll talk about it and we'll have a kavana of where, of where things are going and how. Even if I'm not going to figure out, okay, what should I do? We'll live my life differently then. But, but the way things happen is the idea of spreading, the idea of being taught. So that's also a reason to, to talk about what Hashem's plans. Because by talking about it, that's how it happens. Like, through human beings thinking about it. But now I don't want to talk about the first or third thing. I don't want to talk about particular future. I don't want to talk about aiding Hashem's plan by talking about it. I want to talk about the second thing. I want to talk about in what way does understanding Geula make us, compel us to do something? In what way does understanding Geula compel us to make, compel us to action? Given the kind of tension that we have between the Torah's world and our world, now and now we're going to Again, my opinion is that if there's a hasag in the Torah, that means it's a, it's time to do it. It's, it's something that, that can be done. And as I said earlier, also, Torah's chayim it means Torah that that we're drawn to it from ourselves, not something that comes from the outside. Until the Torah is compelling. Until, until there's something interesting as a human being as Pashat here's where I stand and, and I'm drawn to do certain things until that's how the Torah functions there's a certain gap between us and the Torah I, I, I had the thought today I'm not sure if it's correct the Pasuk says Yumi Novi says that the day will come they won't teach each other people won't teach each other they won't be malamed each other they won't be teaching. They won't be malamid. Now, malamid is like to guide. A malamid abok is a, is a, a cattle prod. So, limud means to train. You need to move someone. Limud is to get someone to go into a certain direction. Typical limud, typical Torah is someone has an idea and he, and he, and he wants to give it to other people. So, Yemi Navi is saying that they will come where there's not going to be Torah menachotz. The shlemus of Torah is when people want something because they want something. And I see this sugi of Geula, slash as being very, very, very shy to that model of, of if you want it, you want it. If you don't, you don't. A primal urge. Yeah, either it's an urge or not. That's why my Sefer is, occupies this very funny space. It's a little disturbing. Like I said before, like what am I what am I telling you? Writing a safe about wine. <laughs> Writing a safe about the about how special wine is in the day, like you're a mushroom. Say that you know. If you want it, you want it. If it's an urge, it's an urge. And and that's what I'm trying that's why I feel like there's something I have to be mashal, very much I have to be mashal. Let's figure out what is the urge. And 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 there's very specific reasons why we don't have the urge. That's what we're going to talk about. Specific reasons like such as what do we need to have a certain arts for? Things are going in a different direction. 
But this is this is a mashup of something which uh, Gula happens because Lo Yalamdu. Gula's not going to happen because someone's going to teach you, someone's going to show you, like, you know, haha, you turn that soul and tefillah and you don't and you don't go there, so you're a joke. Okay, so what am I supposed to do? That's Lamdu, that doesn't help. That's halacha, by the way. I have no problem with halacha, with chiyuvim. There's a concept called halacha. It's a concept called halacha. But let's say, why do we keep halacha? Why do you keep halacha? It's not something you give me It has to come from the ways. It has to be something that you want. I shouldn't, maybe that's a big site. I shouldn't have told you that. But some people don't realize that. But that's there's certain things that, that have to come from the person. And and that's a soul, as we discussed earlier, it seems to be something like that. So that's what we're trying to figure out. Lechard is a reason why it doesn't come from us. And, and, and why not? Like what, what's going to be done about it? Yeah, I'm not sure if this is directly related, but uh, maybe um, I, I think it's in the same general framework. But when we speak about Eretz Yisrael, to me the question is always, like, is it something like Shabbos, where if I'm lost, if, if I'm stranded on an island and I forget what day of the week it is, I just start counting seven days from now, right? Shabbos is given a certain structure, yeah. or at least in, in some ways at least, to lend a certain structure to time to make it inhabitable. Right, whatever. Right. I, 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 I sometimes wonder if Eretz Yisrael kind of has become something like being stranded on an island, and we can't find the seventh day of the week anymore. So we reestablish it in terms that we can, um, you know, speak to. Which I guess in this case would be some sort of hispatious, but not in the most ideal, I guess, paradigmatic way that it seems to be specified um, that it's gonna, you know, happen in a in a very actualized way, but that it kind of happens haphazardly. Well, look, I mean, yeah, it's a is definitely like that, because that's all could happen anywhere. If we were off by 500 miles... No, there's there no problem with that. Uh, what do you mean? Kibosh Yachim, Kibosh Yachim, Kibosh What? No, Uganda is a very good idea, by the way. Let me tell you something. Uganda is an excellent idea. Why? Let's, I'm not talking halacha halacha. I'm talking the idea of halacha. I'll prove to you that Uganda is an excellent idea. Because the man that the simplest idea. Once upon a time, there was a guy who had an idea that let's establish a Jewish state in Kiryas Yoyim, Lakewood, New Jersey, Uganda, Africa. It's a very good idea, and I'll tell you why. Because I'll prove to you it's a good idea. Because the man no man says, Kibosh Yochach Mei Kibosh. Kibosh Yochach Mei Kibosh. Allah is not Mei Kibosh. But there's a man no man who holds Kibosh Yochach Kibosh, which means, according to uh, Taisvitz, that um, even before. Eretz Canaan, that's Canaan for a reason. Even before that particular land called Canaan is is captured, a king can go capture Uganda, establish a Jewish country there, and that's Kedusha Sanz as well. Not a bad idea. You know why it's a bad idea? Is only because the Jewish people are not going to go there. Because you think there's going to be a Jewish land anywhere but for where Avram Avinu was, it's not going to happen. If it would happen, then it would be fine. And by the way, let me let me qualify this. You have to understand, something that can't happen because of the Metzias, that's all Be'etzim. You quote me and say, oh, Be'etzim Uganda is a good idea. No, Be'etzim Uganda is not a good idea. Because Be'etzim, God wants for some reason, that things won't happen except for a certain way. And I could show you, I could show you the Metzias. Why won't the Jews go to Uganda? Because the fact is, the from Yidin, as they should, are not interested in starting fresh, starting their relationship with Hashem fresh. They're interested in continuing where Avram Avinu was, and where Moshe Rabbeinu almost was, and Mishra Mishraun, and the Nabiim, and so on and so forth. All the wonderful things you read in the Kozibad, it's so, so special, special. That's Metzias. That's Metzias, meaning that's psychology of humans, of the Jewish people. 
So that's why Uganda is a good and a not a good idea. It's a good idea. If it would work, it's fine. But it's not going to work. So yes, Yetzel is very much like that. So Yetzel is a bad... This gets very complicated. Yetzel also, I guess, could be the hard It's questionable. The hard of course, he does not exist. Right. Yeah. What? He might not agree with this idea of Shabbos either. Well, the question is, the question is like this. The question is, according to the Kuzbi, can you be a Navi? You said you can't be a Navi in a Kibush. Could you be a Navi in a Kibush place, according to the Kuzbi, right? That's a question, right? You had a question? In a proper, a legitimate Kibush. So you say, maybe you say it's an extension of Etzel, so whatever. Okay, we can figure that out. We can figure that out. What I presented just now is more like the Rambam's model of Etzel. Rambam's idea of Etzel is that it's a land that Jews live in. That's, the, that's what Etzel's all about. So when we talk about the concept of Etzel, then, we're not talking about a, a necessarily a specific strip of land, but we are talking about a certain kind of ideal, let's say the Jews having autonomy, political autonomy. Whatever Etzel is, it's something. Whatever the idea of Etzel is, it's something specific. Let's say it's political autonomy. That's not part of our Torah. We're not interested in that. That's not the way the world is now, etc. So why do we need that? Now, again, I, I wanted to say one thing. One thing, just to be very clear. There's lots of miles of, of Torah Yisrael. It's wonderful. And, and, it, and it speaks to us historically and so on and so forth. It does a lot of things for us. And there's a lot of reasons to go. A lot of reasons to speak to, that speak to people. And a lot of people that go and, 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 and gain from it. And I'm not coming to Mitzamtzim in the Vesel, I'm coming to Marchavit. I'm coming to understand that the ideal Eretz Yisrael, which is supposed to be Moshechas, me, you, and everyone, in a way that, that, that makes it very, very compelling, and overcoming all the obstacles, that's what I'm looking for. So in other words, there's all Kalamaylas Taivas Eretz Yisrael today, Kalamaylas Taivas Eretz Yisrael, even when there weren't even there, and those are certainly wonderful things and reasons to go. I'm coming to explore the Iker idea of Eretz Yisrael, the Shleimas of Eretz Yisrael, and whether that, in fact, can, can speak to us today. So, I want to want to do is like this. I want to present. I want to present a few different ways to talk about the shadow. We said the Iker here is about universalism and particularism, right? So we spoke a lot about generalities. I want to give you a few specific drachim to approach the question. Some of the questions that we'll talk about in the in the Hamshik of the other series. Okay. So, so when you when you started right away, you said that the the bedrock. To get to the mitzvahs and everything, you need the etzer salt. Yes. Right? So, wouldn't you, do you need to go to Eretz Salt to get that? And then, because from what I'm understanding, is that we haven't connected the mitzvahs to Eretz Salt. Correct. So yeah, I'm not being so fear. In other words, okay. See, I'm coming from a different place that you're coming from, which is I'm coming from after my sefer, and I want to talk about the next, the next stage. The next stage is I know already all that time, and I still have this problem. You're 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 asking me. Could you please explain to you why it's so special, right? I think that's what you're saying. saying here, I'm talking uh, about it. Understand? I, I, let's figure out why it's special. Then let's figure. Then let's figure out. Then we'll figure out the question, right? Is that what you're asking? Basically, yeah. I mean, how can we know? Maybe talk. Maybe talk when we figure out what it's all with the mitzvahs. Maybe talk a little bit about it, right? Okay, so I'm telling you, I didn't go. <laughs> Good. No, no. They, they, you're right. You're right. You're right. I wanted to. I didn't want to go into that because that's its own set of shirim. But once we get to the nitty gritty of, of what we were trying to figure out, that will definitely. That will definitely figure. Okay. That has been explored. And, and yeah. No. No. If you want to do work and you want to be holding more, where I'm holding, so I understand what we're talking about, then you could definitely look at the safer. Um, but I will. I will. Sub subsequent. Subsequent. For sure. At least when we get to more practice, more specific, I will bring everything up to date. I was trying to give it a very general idea of of what my struggle is and what the impetus for this is and why. How it's. I, for me, it's something very new. I'm very used to talking Torah. 
I'm used to learning Torah and teaching Torah and, and getting sure. This is this is for me is a whole different thing. Like I said before, this I, I learned that there's a new aspect of Torah. There's a whole new aspect of Torah. There's halacha, there's agada, but now I realize that there's there's a maybe call it making a derech, forging, finding a derech within you, finding the derech. And I, and and it was very interesting for me, very um. It induced growth in me to accept this dissonance of having this picture. It's a terrible, I'm telling you, it's a terrible thing. You have a picture in your head, and then for some reason it's not talking to you. I don't know why that is. Okay, I want us to keep and everyone out of, out of suspense. No, it only does. That's what I realized. All of a sudden, I'm not I'm used to being a psychologist. I'm not used to being a sociologist, a economist. What? It's a whole tire, I do a third, and then this mustard that's telling me yelling, you know. Yeah, do the other parts. But but again, but that but I, like I'm saying, this is not halacha. This is supposed to be meishicha. So I wonder why is it not being meishich me? Why is it not being meishich me? Again, there are really two questions here, which are, to me I see as one, and I think they'll become clear as we go. Why are things not being meishich me? And also, I know why they're not being meishich because we have a very different world model, which is it's a little bit antithetical to the model of Eretz which is about a specific. And that's now I'm going to talk more. Those two things go together. And now I'm going to talk specifically about this this aspect. Where is the metach? The metach, the tension that we that the shir is titled the, the tension between universalism and particularism. I want to give you a few different aspects of it. I'll do this maybe a little bit. The kids are just and these are things we'll have to explore. Different ways to approach the question. Okay. Shmai so Hashem alekinu Hashem echos says Rashi. Hashem shu alekinu ato. And this is from the Sifri, I think this is the Kavana, that's Medina, I think. I would think. Someone asked what the Kavana, what the Kavana Beshma is, this is what Chazal say, the Pasuk means. Hashem shehu alekeinu ato v'loi elekei ha'umais hu osid liyos Hashem echod. So Hashem alekeinu Hashem echod means Hashem who is currently elekeinu, our God, Hashem echod. Hashem will eventually be, hu osid liyos, will eventually be, the God of the whole world. And Rashi proves this from the Pasuk that is free. Vayemahu yi Hashem echod. Vayemahu. So what does the Pasuk mean when it says Hashem echod? It means Hashem elekeinu. Hashem is takanat echod now. Vayemahu yi Hashem echod. Hashem is now elekeinu. But one day he's going to be Hashem echod. So what, what this Pasuk... This pasuk is 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 it's an eschatological pasuk. Don't doesn't realize this. I mean, to say Shema twice a day, we're basically announcing a, a, a revolution, and um, that you know we're going to take over the world, as in Hashem's going to take over the world, Mashiach's going to whatever the you want to use, and that <clears throat> once upon a time Hashem was our God, but eventually Hashem is going to be the God of the world. So right away, so then we have a question. Okay, so these are the two poles of history. The beginning of history is Hashem Alekeinu. Hashem Alekeinu. There's a certain family, first starting with a person, let's say, an individual who discovers Hashem, and has a certain story of the relationship with Hashem. And his story is the story of Avram, Yitzhak, Yaakov, etc., etc. And that's Hashem Alekeinu, is we had a certain experience of Hashem. Of course, Yitzhak Mitzrayim is, is the... Is the, is the Hicker focus of our relationship with Hashem. Hashem was revealed Himself to us in time. That's what Hashem is to us. He is our particular God, who we had a certain particular experience of. <coughs> but then, in the end of times, 
Hashem Echad. The end of times, Hashem is going to relate to the whole world. He's going to be the God of the whole world. Well, what's the model of Hashem Echad? Yitzhiz Mitzrayim is not going to figure in that, one thinks. Because that's a, that's our story. Avram Yaakov, are they going to figure in that for people who are not the children of Avram Yaakov? Is that going to be the paradigm of a relationship to Hashem? So we have the Torah, which is the, situated in the world of Hashem Alekeinu, say, and talks in that world. Hashem is your God, don't worship the other gods. Don't worship the gods of the other nations. Okay? What, what's the Torah going to look like? In the world of Hashem Echad. Or another way to ask that is, what's the bridge? How is the Hashem Alekeinu, how is the world that we can describe as the world of Hashem Alekeinu, going to turn into the world of Hashem Echad? What I mean to say is, is it going to be an abrupt, a new thing, that we should forget about the world of Hashem Alekeinu? Or does the world of Hashem Alekeinu, the Torah of Hashem Alekeinu, somehow, yeah, I don't know, <laughs> I don't know, we'll, we'll probably be done soon. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I'm a couple of thoughts, so <laughs> I get cold. Okay. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. you're saying Shema. <laughs> I didn't mean Kriyashar Shalamitah. <laughs> you said there's no stopping. Yeah, yeah, there's no stopping. There's no stopping. <laughs> so how do we get from Hashem to In other words, how does the Torah, which is, which is let's say, designed for a world of Hashem Alekeinu, how does that lead into a world of Hashem What's the Ma'avai? What's the, what's, what's the, what's the path? That takes us one to the other, and if it's going to be a new world, so so it's going to be a new Torah. And if we're getting closer to the world of Hashem Echad, so how are we supposed to know which aspects of the Torah to take? I'm, I'm very confused. Maybe. I'm very confused. I learned Torah and I put myself back two thousand years or more, three thousand years, <laughs> and then and then and then I'm in a world of it's getting closer to Hashem Echad, like the Rambam says that's the law. I say this so, so. How are you supposed to know? And this is as soul is the Schmidt's example. This because as soul is, is obviously is obviously uh, unique. Not everyone can live in it. So what? That's a, your this Hashem Echad model. Is that like what saying is that that's that is that something that's exclusively available in a in a certain given time or like maybe Plotinus you know got there also and can do do the the Hashem Echad model versus the Hashem Lekeinu model um, or is he yeah to the first one? Yeah, these are great questions, right? These are great questions. Well, 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 that's a question. What is it? How is it? No, no, because no. So I'm saying so. Good. So let's say, even though our experience is particular to us, right. there will be an experience of Yuki Vavki here. Okay. Okay. So then, so the, how will that be? That hours disappear. What are they gonna do about it? Right. No. So what are they gonna do about it? Oh, okay, we say Okay, now that's that. That's a very interesting idea you're saying. So you're suggesting like this. Uh, I think you're, what I'm suggesting is Hashem Alekeinu. How is he Alekeinu? Because we experienced him, let's say, it's season time. Okay. So Hashem Echad means the other nations will also have a, a different ex- a different experience of Hashem. More encompassing experience. That's just a bunch of, of particulars. Maybe it's a bunch of particulars. Maybe it's a bunch of particulars. No, what is a bunch of particulars? Is that Echad? It's a good question. It's a very good question. What is that? No. These are good questions. These are the questions we have to explore. What? No, they're asking, you know. Yeah, if, if there's a Yitzhiyas, um Ukraine. Yeah, like you have those people who say, oh, the blacks, you know, we have a lot to teach them. We have Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim and they have Yitzhiyas Avdas, whatever, right? So, uh, is that what it is? That, that to me is, is kind of, it's just saying that there's more particulars. We right, right, exactly. Right, is that more particularism? Yeah, or no, there might, right, right, right. No, but there might be a, there might be a mahalach over there, which may be like this. Maybe that yes is going to be 
a, a reboy of Yitzias. Let's say Yitzias Mitzrayim is the Mahal. So Yitzias Ukraine, Yitzias, I'm like a Bnei Kushim, like that. Right? There still could be a shear. It doesn't help our. It doesn't help our agenda oh, here. So, that, that's, so right. So we have that's to figure all. out. Right. So we have to figure out in what sense is it sheared. It has to be sheared in some sense, right? That we agree. It has to be sheared in a certain sense. Is it going to be shared in all senses, or is it going to have elements of particularism? And either way, we have to figure out how does that beyond the question. Well, what does that do for what we're busy with, which is our unique elikenu? The Torah is designed for the unique elikenu. Right. Right. Yeah. So there has to be something like shared. Element. There's going to be an element of that. Right. Yeah, yeah, that's what we have to explore. Right? But I yeah. think it's the it's the UK. Like, like, like. So yeah, this, this, is, this is a question. 100%, 100%, 100%. These are all the right thoughts, but uh, we have to figure that out. What? You had universalism by Adam. Adam, so maybe if we're just Adam, 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 that's the Christian free, idea, free right? Right. <laughs> right. Okay. Yeah. So that good. So now you're suggesting that Hashem Echad is a return to some state mm-hmm. that ignores the Torah or precedes the Torah. Okay. The Christian idea Maybe Mr. Tehoslavia means that. But, that, but again, again, then I have a major problem, which is if we're in, part, we're, we're in that process, and I'm still doing mitzvahs, mm. I'm, st- I'm still chveis, I'm not, I don't need chadosh. I saw a guy once said, it's pasha to him, it's pasha to him, it's a good time. Someone said, it's pasha, how could you say chadosh, it's also in Australia. In the southern hemisphere, everything is punk for right? The spring is in the autumn, whatever, but we call the autumn. Hold the idea of Chodosh is upside down in 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 his Pasha to him Svarag Matir he's Matir Kenish Zain because he has no imagination. What's that? The men they call his Chodosh for like a thousand years. Say that good good. Ah, that's what I'm getting at. Why? So that's what I want to know. No, everyone needs Chodosh. No, Hashem, I need Okay, okay. No, but he wasn't tying in America. You know, that's a different shoes. Guy's tying no. The guy was tying a very specific time. Oh, uh, oh, uh, uh, uh. So it tries like this. So, right, exactly. So first of all, what he's saying is that um, Ramban, in the Sifri, that the reason why we do mitzvahs and chutzlars is because we have to be in practice. Most people are very scared, don't take that seriously. Why? Because most people, first of all, they don't appreciate practice. They don't, most people are very, very upset to hear that they're living their lives to preserve something. But it's very silly because let's, if there's something that's tackling the most important thing in the world, and say that we're, and we're and we are the people that are keeping that idea alive for one day. It's going to come back, and if we want to keep it alive, it's not going to come back. And to me, that's that's completely adequate. So most people don't don't can't really take that seriously for some reason. But let's say you talk to take that seriously. So yeah, in Australia, in Australia, Chadash makes no sense. But but the, that's in the whole term makes no sense in Kotzlar. See, no problem with that. What? Not the whole term. No, it's even What do you mean? What? Say that. Okay, good. But after come on. Okay. But say that. No, no, no. I hear right. Shine. You know what we sound like now. Whatever. Okay. No, but this is a struggle. This is exactly a struggle. Meaning, here we're keeping all the mitzvahs. Okay. So why am I not eating Chodesh in Australia? Because uh, so, Okay, so you see, so your whole term is future-oriented, but future-oriented in a very weird way. That you're going to take the past and you're going to flip it on the future. Meanwhile, you're telling me the future is, is Hashem Echad. So what are you doing? In other words, it's the same way of asking the same question in a million different ways. Why am I not in Chodesh Chutzlaretz if Chutzlaretz is going to become Eretz Yisrael? Yeah? Oh, because that's why. <laughs> no, it's not true. Okay, no, because if you come Eretz Yisrael, you're not going to be Chodesh Chutzlaretz. Say it. Maybe that, maybe that way of asking it's not going to have an answer. Say it. Okay. Good. It, 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 that's not a Pesach, by the way. That maybe is a Pesach. But, we have, but so maybe Chodesh is not a good example. 
Why are we doing things? Why, why is our Torah about Hashem Alekeinu? In what ways is our Torah about Hashem Alekeinu in a world that's tending towards Hashem Echad? And, and how, how is the approach? Oh, right. Again, again, I'm being a little general. The marshal of the Mayadis are going to be bought off. Right, so that's good. Right, right. So then what's the point of keeping them? Right. Right. So what are we doing now? Like, so we're Taka doing something right. If, if let's say the Mayadis have been even say it's Yisrael Mitzrayim. Let's say it's Yisrael Mitzrayim. Right. Like the Amman Omer. We're not going to say it's Yisrael Mitzrayim. We're going to say it's So according to Amman Omer. So we're still saying it's Yisrael Mitzrayim today. Clear. Okay. No, we're not? I know. I know. I know we're not. That's why I said L'chayr. One second. That's why I said L'chayr. And that's my problem. That's my problem. I'm trying to figure out. Yisrael Mitzrayim is not meaningful to us. It's not meaningful to us. Whatever. So it's the... What? So why are we saying still saying it today? We're in this weird in-between pattern. That what are we doing? I mean, we're going towards a world where we're not going to be saying it, but meanwhile we're saying it, even though Maisa today doesn't mean anything to us either, really. Okay. And by the way, the reason why it doesn't mean anything to us is because we lost. We're in between the world of Hashem Elokeinu and the world of Hashem Echad. So why are we still acting? Why are we still acting in a way that's consistent with the world of Hashem Elokeinu? Again, again, this is broad, but I want I want to just lay out some sketch out some some approaches. What's, what's some we... <laughs> no, well, it depends what we want. It depends what we want. That's what we, let's first figure out what we want. What was the question? What should we do? Yeah. Given that what? Something in the middle. Of... Oh, so that's the question. What is in the middle? What does the middle look like? That that is exactly the question. Is the, is the There's a middle. In other words, there's a beginning and an end and a middle, right? And and that's a process. And I learned the Torah, which is all about the beginning, mostly. And then there's the middle, which is just the way things are. And that's why I have this gap between the Torah and the way things are. And that's exactly what I'm what I'm trying to figure out. You know, is that gap supposed to be there? Am I am I am I dreaming? When I learn Torah, am I just kolaymis? My belief, again, my premise as a maimin. Is that you're supposed to learn Torah, and the Torah is supposed to speak to you and inspire you. And it did inspire me, but I still have this, I still have this, this gap between the Torah and the Matthias, which I think, I suspect, is not supposed to be there. But what is going on there? What am I missing? See, see that? Okay, I want to just, just sketch out a few different ways to really say the same question. It's also part of the question: Do we read the Torah wrong? Or do we read the Mitzvahs wrong? Right? Yeah, old, yeah, yeah, old yeah. Question. I believe no. See, see, I have a lot of faith in the how I read the Torah. Okay. So now that's why I want to talk about the Mitzvahs. <laughs> no, no, I'm serious. Uh, but I'm obviously willing to think about anything. Okay. So that's one derek. One derek we talk about Hashem Alekin Hashem Derek Shnia, we could phrase the same issue as that we started with. I see there social spashid, and yet the Torah tells us to live in Eretz Yisrael. Why? Or should we now be busy with Eretz Yisrael? If the Saifayanim is is Kedusha everywhere. Third way to say it, these are ways that we'll explore, I hope, in the in the coming stream. We'll figure out ways to talk about this and think about it, I hope. Um there's this thing called Al Himacherim. Other gods. And this theorists, sometimes the Ramban calls them the seventy Sarim of the Umis. And then there's the Shir Shalim of Tuesday where we say that the that the, that the, the gods died, Hashem kills the other gods. Yeshaya says it's all the gods. Ale Hashem Echad. So are they Elohim Achim or not? What? Change. Before the Talmud, before they died, kind of after they died. Right, right, <laughs> right. That's the word. And they died. What? It's not true? 
No, no, it is true. No, it is true. No, no, no. It's another way of saying. Okay, I, 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 this is just a I'll sketch. It's true. No, 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 no. It's true. It means like this. It means, what does it mean that there are the Hemachem? What, what's the question? Yesh or not? What does it mean even? No. No, 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 no. What makes something, what makes something in the Hemachem? I mean, what I'm saying is like this. Naniach is only one Hashem, right? So what would make a Hemachem? If people, if people, if people consider certain things, certain, let's say, let's call it aspects of Hashem, if they consider that to be separate from Hashem, then there are by definition Lehem Achim. By Hachem, you say that? Yeah, so, but, but the point is, if it's misunderstood, then there are Lehem Achim, and if it's understood, then there aren't Lehem Achim, because Lehem Achim means it's a word, Lehem is just a word. It's, you can't be mm-hmm. tuned as far from words. Yeah. Any stira, you see, that's that's what I'm trying to do tonight. Is I'm saying, there's a world called Matthias, which is very very important. I've learned, and and you know, you're asking me for a word. A word just means when you say there's a stira, right. you, know, I mean, you know what I mean? A stira, power, right? You're there's no such thing as a real stira. Right? What? Saying malachim and bezdin and all. Say that. Say that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no. A real stira would mean the only that. real stira would mean would mean like you know matter and antimatter, and <laughs> that's a real stira. Otherwise, you're just asking words. And every steer in the Torah is just a bunch of words. So what does you have to think? What does the word Alechem mean? It's, it's an idea. It's a human construct. It's a human right. word. Right. So it's not a problem. There could be Alechem. There cannot be, depending on how people think about it. Mm-hmm. And, and again, again, so the question is, the question is, how do we get from one to the other? And these nations that used to be called the nations that worshipped Alechem, so what happens to them? What's their role? What's their role? Another way to look at the same same thing, another aspect of the same thing. Once upon a time there was Nebuah. Once upon a time there was Nebuah. And then Nebuah came to an end. And then Azayim Kobo. Say there. Holding, holding, we're waiting for the horse. Waiting, waiting. And then and then Nebuah is going to come back. As according to uh, Zefer Yoel, the Rambam. So, so what's that about? I mean, again, we have a we have a beginning of times and a middle and an end of times, and we'll, we'll explore this. The end of Nebuah is not necessarily a bad thing; it's, it might be progress. And yet, Nebuah is going to come back. So, is it going to come back in a new way? And how does how does the new paradigm, Seifayomi, new but old? Because it's going to be the same thing. Nebuah is going to come back. We're not looking to go backwards, we're looking to go forwards. But on the other hand, the whole Torah is backwards looking. You learn about Nebuah and you say, oh, we want the return of Nebuah. Well, we don't want the return of Nebuah. We don't want things to go back the way it was, the way it was, ended up with Chorbin. Something has to change. We can't just do the same thing again. So we're, that's another sugya in which we could exp- we have to think about where does the end follow? How does it nevei from the beginning and how does it in between? Two more drachim. Two more drachim. One derech is simply the Metzius. In the world, let's say, the world used to be a tribal world. The nations were separate, they had their own culture, their own language, much more than today. So, you know, there's, there's a sense of a universal man, of, of, of universal humanism. Good, so, so should we be teaching Torah to the world? I mean, why are we busy with the Torah process? What, what does it make sense to teach Torah to Yidin and not teach Torah to Goyim? Does it make any sense? In a world, in a world that's that's that, if we have, if we Taka have that sense, 
of being a human among humans, then is the Torah, does the Torah work within that too? And if not, why not? So we still have a private uh, internal language, such as we have. And the fact is that you try to teach, you try to teach Torah to a non-Jew, first thing that's going to happen is you're going to have to start translating everything you think into, into like universal terms. <coughs> but why are we not doing that? It's, it's a universalistic world. So why are we, or should we be holding on to a Tyra that is a, such a private, that has, so to speak, a private language, you know, a private uh, field of thought? And uh, and a sixth way we can talk about this is, we talked about before Yitzhiya Svetraim, or our continuation from the office, let's say. The identity of Klai Yisrael is Zerach is that, is that an interest? Does that mean anything anymore? Does that really mean anything to us? Are we continuing something of Avon Tzinyak? In what way are we continuing it? I mean, this is the story of Thomas Chosavis, from Chosavis Ovla. Thomas Chosavis basically means, at a certain point, who cares? It's three, four thousand years ago, come from Avon Tzinyak. Avon Tzinyak, is it still a meaningful thing? These people, Ramam says in the Mayra that it's a of the turn, that everything that happens to Kaiser was because there was once upon a time a person in Avon. It's because we're Mamshat to the Echav Avon. Because we have a Shaykhist Avon. Because, because he... Our being, our identity, and how we act is defined by that. But is that really true anymore? Another way of asking what we asked before, is it seems we're trying a thing anymore? Do we really care? Do we really care in a personal way that we have to try? Does it mean something to us? In a certain sense, by the way, this happened in the second door after he left the time. It says in Sefer Shreftim that there was another door, Hashem Le'yadu Hashem. The door after he was time was Hashem. Why? Because it says it's what time is with Yodu Kenyashem, Yodu Kenyashem. Next door is up. The Mantis Apple of Intel is that you try to keep it alive. And save, according to Savior Shaykhtim, it didn't last. It didn't transit to the next door. Certainly, at this point in time, you know, in, in what sense is Yitzhiz Vitzrayim, in other words, the effect that Yitzhiz Vitzrayim had once upon a time, which I imagine could be last for a few generations, at least, at least hypothetically, maybe last for hundreds of years, but could, does it really mean anything 3,000 years later? In a, in, a, in, a, in a meaningful way? Does it identify us? Does it characterize us? And again, just to bring it back, this is the exact same question. So, so do we have a unique tafkid in the world as being uniquely Zerah Mitzvah The Saifa Yamim, it meanwhile, seems to just be ancient history. For now, us today, our Mitzvah seems to be ancient history. And yet, we also believe being stubborn, my meaning, that this is the model. But this is the dissonance. This is the dissonance that I'm facing. That we have the model, the model is Nevuah, the model is Etzisol, the model is Amitiyak, the model is called Hashem Lekeinu, and, and the model is about a particularistic Uma. And then we're, then we're in a world where all these things are beautiful stories, but I fail to see sometimes how they how they mean anything in, in, in Matthias. So this is the problem. This is the problem. Now what I, what I want to do in this series, so the plan was that should be a series of shoes. Like I said, if you want it, my McClaimers from, from the place I speak about this is my scrum, I'm happy to give that. And as and this year you have to be Mochali for the generalism, general morality, I guess, general generalness of this year. I hope it gave you a sense of what's on my mind. Once we tackle some of these, some of these ways of approaching the question, 
I hope to get to 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 find something. And like I said, I'm looking. I'm not looking for tires. I have I have a lot of tires, but I want. I'm looking for. I'm looking for Matthias. That's what I'm looking for. I'm looking for Anson the Matthias. I don't think we finished. We didn't finish the tire until the until the Matthias is somehow screaming at us. For telling us. Um. Yeah. I guess some some just some following questions. I guess it is.